0: You're listening to Sports and More with Chris and Tom. Welcome back. It's the guys with the faces for radio and the voices for a sound movie. This is Sports and More with Chris and Tom. I am Chris. And Tom is not here because it's kind of going to be Chris's XFL week in review episode. I need to create a new intro out for that. Do not worry. I'll get to that next weekend, but this was just something I thought of on the fly so that Tom doesn't, listen to me blathering about the XFL in our weekly episodes so that we can just talk about other things in our weekly episodes. But this is just for me to get my thoughts about the XFL each week, because as you all know, I watch every single minute of every single game for the XFL if I can if things, if I'm allowed to, if nothing crashes, if no internet goes out, if there's no appointment, stuff like that. So I've been able to watch all eight games so far, so I'm going to give you guys my thoughts. And we're going to start off by giving you guys like the weekly review, uh, recap the games, scores, highlights of the games, then give you the power rankings for both the teams and quarterback situations for the teams in the league and then round that off with the schedule coming up for week three so you guys all know who's playing when, what times, what channels, and what to expect by giving you by me giving you guys my expectations for the lines and final and the victors for the games. So with that in mind, let's get into what happened in week two. It all started off on Thursday night, like everyone knows from the episode last week. Talking about the Battle Hawks and Sea Dragons going at it. Or the Battlehawks Hawks, where a is the law. As you all know, Tom and I are huge fans of the Battle Hawks. Battle Hawks. went into Seattle and came out with a win 2018 on a game-winning 44-yard field goal. As time expires in true Battle Hawk fashion, beating the Sea Dragons in Seattle. It was like a good game from St. Louis. Better than what they did against San Antonio. Offense was struggled a little bit, was a little bit slow at times, but they did score more frequently. They did score more. T- they score, did score a touchdown in the first half, did score a touchdown in the second half, so they looked more consistent in this game. They just got to f- find a rhythm. They get in that rhythm way too easily, way too quickly, so they need to get in that rhythm much sooner. And Seattle, again, with Ben Nucci at the helm, had three fumbles. It was another turnover day for Seattle, and that could be. Their Achilles heels, that they have a team that can win games, can score points, but their quarterback turns them all over just too much. Saturday's game was a uh, windy affair. It was a rainy affair. It rained. It poured in the desert. It was a downpour. It was a flood, if you will, in the desert. It just rained and rained and rained and rained. Vegas started off the game with Luis present QB, switched to Brett Hundley on the third draft, and pretty much went with Brett Hundley the rest of the way, and it kind of didn't matter who was a QB because the wind was just gnarly, the rain was bad, and their offense went nowhere, and D.C. Uh, started off with Teemu, offense went nowhere, switched to the King in second half, and their offense took off. It's the case... It's that case of where Tahamu is the better thrower of the football, the Air King's is better runner, runner of the football, and the running game with the Air King is just so electrifying that they don't really need the pass game right now to win games. They came out to they came out at eighteen to six with that Greg Triple G Williams defense styming the Vegas Vipers. So we're seeing a trend here where the Greg Triple G Williams defense keeps the defense in the football game, and then the offense figures it out and then blows the team and comes back and just goes on an offensive show in the second half. Defenders win 18-16, both go to 2-0 like the Battlehawks are 2-0. Vegas drops 0-2, much like Seattle. So the XFL North division is the two top teams, Battlehawks, defenders are 2-0. Two bottom teams, CJs and Vibers are 0-2, and that's just how it is. You have a clear separation of powers in this in this case. So this Battlehawks and defenders are clearly the two top teams. CJs and Vipers are clearly, clearly the two bottom teams at least this far through the season. Now again, the action that took place tonight on Sunday at 3 o'clock, we had the Brahmas and the gardens. The gardens who looked awful against the Brahmas and the Brahmas who were beating the Battlehawks for 57 minutes up until the Battlehawks decided that they wanted to win the game and took it over with a fantastic sequence of events, leaving the Brahmas with a bad taste in their mouth. What would happen in this game? Well, the Brahmas showed up and the Brahmas balled out and they have confirmed our fears that Orlando is a bad Football team, they're just not very good. And San Antonio went thirty to twelve. Jack Cohn slung the ball over over the place. The problems even got after the Guardians' O line. Uh, it didn't matter who was the quarterback, whether it was Paxi Lynch, whether it's uh, uh what uh, sorry his name's Lee. I lost his name for a second. In my head. DeAndre Francois at quarterback for Orlando. It didn't matter. They weren't doing anything. It was not working. San Antonio just demolished them the whole game. And Orlando has a problem with execution. Players doing their jobs. Per, uh, it's, it's all over the place for Orlando. It's just a bad operation from start to finish. And San Antonio looks like a team that is has a chip on their shoulder after having a very tough loss in Week 1. San Antonio 30-12 over Orlando. And the game that just finished up about 10 minutes ago, the renegades Roughnecks the two unbeatens, 1-0, going in. If someone would be undefeated, some team would have a loss. And it turned out to be the Roughnecks, as I predicted. Pred- uh, predicted. Actually, I went four zero this week. Just going to get that out there. I nailed it. Balloons over Sea Dragons. Defenders over Vipers. Actually, I got the Guardians Brahmas game wrong. My bad. I thought the Guardians would actually come out and win this game, so I went three and one. I forgot. I was stupid. I picked the Guardians and said maybe they'll play better. Maybe I don't know. I just didn't think that uh, it would be a clean sweep, and I thought that the Brahmas would just fall apart again. I was wrong. So I me 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 Malo I I forgot I did stupidly take the guardians over the Brahmas, and I will not make that mistake ever again. So, Roughnecks Renegades game. Let me get back to that game real quick. It was a tale of are the Roughnecks going to shoot themselves in the foot or not? First quarter, Roughnecks took 11-0 lead. dominated the Renegades the whole quarter. It wasn't close. Second quarter, different story. Renegades forced two, not one, not two, but three fumbles. Uh, uh, from, I um, had, uh, sorry, they forced three fumbles from on um, against Roughnecks. The Roughnecks fumbled two punt returns and a uh, a draw and a wide uh, right receiver fumbled the ball as they, it was punched out by the defense. By so the rough, the roughnecks shot themselves in the foot. Renegades played great defense. Renegades actually went into the half up 14 to 11 on Houston, which everyone thinking, like, maybe, maybe the Renegades could come out with a win. It, it's possible, it, it, it's possible. Not saying it's going to, happen. it's just it's possible. And then the second half happened, and the roughnecks decided not to fumble the football, and that was all she wrote. Roughnecks came back to win 23 uh, 14. Renegades have a question a quarterback is a Drew Plitt because. Drew Plitt went over, and any pass that went more than 10 yards down the field, which is not going to win you a football game in the in college football. Well, it might be in college football, but it won't win you a football games in professional football. You cannot win the game. We can't throw the ball 10 yards down the field. And Houston came out of this game realizing that they still have to play clean football because against a better team like St. Louis or D.C. or the Baramas even they will not win that game and they fall the ball three times they need to clean some things up but their dealing is ferocious it's unstoppable they have i think it's like 11 sacks in the first two weeks they are tenacious they are going to get after people and brandon silvers does not like getting hit, so that might be a clue for other teams that you can hit silvers he will be inaccurate and that can give you a chance to win the football game so there you have it and for the week two results BattleHogs over Sea Dragons, 20-18. Defenders over the Vipers, 18-16. Baramas over Guards, 30-12. And the Roughnecks over Arlington, 23-14. Three road wins, one home win, which means we're starting to see the separation of teams are good, teams are bad. Usually when you see a lot of road wins, that tends to mean that the better team won the game. Unless the home team made a lot of mistakes. And BattleHogs are 2-0 on the road. DC won on the road, beat Vegas in a. Uh, in downpour, it doesn't mean DC's better than the Vegas. I don't know. The Broncos are definitely better than the Guardians, but we are seeing some things happen where we're getting to feel out these teams now that we're into Week 2. Teams have filmed. We're seeing teams adapt. Teams get better. And, yes, there's still sloppy play. Yes, there's still some balls that should be caught. Yes, there are reasons why these guys aren't in the NFL. You can see on certain plays, but there is better football being played in Week 2 than there was in Week 1. So now that we have two weeks of football in our butts, let's get into some team power rankings. So you guys have an understanding of who do I believe are the best teams in the XFL through two weeks. Who do I foresee as the teams that you're going to go through to win the title game? Who do I foresee as the teams who are the best despite records? I I try to ignore record. I try to look at res- I try to look at how teams play throughout the game and what the results should be or or look at how these teams. Respond to adverse situations. So we're gonna start from 8 to 1. We'll go from bottom to top at the 8th spot It's Orlando. There's no one else it should be but Orlando. Orlando has never been in any game They played in outside like they were a tie 6-6 in the first quarter with uh San Antonio and that was it. They have been behind in seven of the eight quarters they played in They are simply the worst team in the XFL and it's not close number seven Vegas Vipers, 0-2. They led in the first half against Arlington. They they threw the ball away, fumbled the ball away, did everything they could to lose that football game, which they did lose. And then against D.C., they just did not play offense. Uh, Their defense played their hearts out, did what they could to keep the offense in the game, but eventually it was too much, and D.R. King came in and just ran all over them. Vegas is 0-2, because I don't know about the QB situation. I don't know about their offense, really, at this point. And their defense, you might... It's good enough to win games, but they don't have an offense at this point that gives me any confidence in their team. Number six, Arlington, one and one. They have a quarterback problem. Not because they have two quarters, but because they have a Drew Plitt problem at quarterback, and they just won't go to Kyle Slaughter and just see what he can do. Kyle Slaughter has played in the NFL. He has played in the USFL. He played for New Orleans Breakers. He can throw the ball down the field. He can make the rules. He knows what to do with the football, but they're trying to let Drew Plitt figure it out, and Drew Plitt just can't Throw the ball down the field with timing and accuracy. And it's going to hurt the team in the long run. And it's just cut baits. Let him be the backup and go to Kyle Slitter and be done with it and let Slaughter do what he's got to do. Their defense is good. Their defense plays hard, plays fast, does a great job with the Jay Hayes defense. The problem is their offense just doesn't help them out enough and they get worn out, gassed out, and Houston finally beat them in the second half because they were just gassed and had no time to rest and just finish drives and just adapt. And they just had to be ultra aggressive to make plays. And it cost them because when Houston adapted, Arlington was screwed at that point. So Arlington was just trying to get the ball out, trying to just blitz and get over off his mark. And once they figured out, oh, we just run a bend route in the middle of the field, which is something between a flag and a uh, streak down the middle of the field where the receiver just goes uh, vertical and then bends his route a little bit. I think gets like wide open because of the bend. And that, gives, that was what started cooking. That's what got uh, Houston Cook in that game. So Arlington, 1-1, one and one, number six in the rankings because I just don't think they have a quarterback right now because they're just too determined to stick with Drew Plitt. Number five, the CLC Jennings, who are 0-2. Yes, I have them above the Renegades because I... I right, the Sea Dragons are a team that should probably be two and0 they're not because of turnovers on the offense which t- which tells me they clean up the turnovers they win football games however if they still get turnovers with Bentonucci and it is a, it's just a, a big problem he has six turnovers he has six turnovers in the first two weeks he turned them over three times against the defenders three times against the Battle so it it's probably a trend I should just cut base, put Seattle put at six. But I just see the offense move the ball too well, put points up on the board, and the defense play hard. For me, not to put them above Arlington when I know Arlington has no offense. Seattle has an offense. They just can't. They just, they just start making turnovers for no reason. It's just stupidity at that point. So I have to put Seattle above Arlington because I see more from Seattle than Arlington. Even though Arlington does have a win because Vegas gave them a win. Now we're getting to where I think these are the teams that are going to compete for the XFL Championship. These are the four teams who I think are the best in the league right now. I don't see anything changing that for the time being unless Vegas gets going with Brett Hundley and Orlando somehow finds a quarterback who's not named Paxton Lynch at quarterback. But other than that, I don't see anyone coming out of the bottom five, bottom four to step up or if CL stops from the ball over. Arlington, I don't, I just don't know. Orlando, I don't see it. Vegas could get better with Brett Huntley. Seattle is just not the turnovers, but the, the four teams I have above them are teams I think are leaps of bounds ahead of them. Starting with at number four, the San Antonio Brahmas with a one-on-one record playing good football. They have worked hard. They, sh- they In all likelihood, they should have beaten the, the Battle Hawks in week one, but they didn't. That's a credit to the Battle Hawks and a de- denigre- any, uh, little bit slight down on the Brahmas, but then they went in and held business against the, the Guardians' establishing faith in the guard, the Browns as a good football team because they beat the team they should beat and now they're going to roll into their Week 3 matchups feeling better about themselves, knowing they can't finish the game, knowing they can't win the game, that it, they are a good football team. And I like their ground game with uh, Kaelin Balaj and, and Patrick. And, and Jack Cohn showed me something today where he showed me he can slow the ball down the field and complete some great throws, it, throw the ball into tight windows, and I liked what I saw from him. Which gives me time to put the bombers at four. Number three out of the Battle Hawks, where cacau is the law. At three, two and zero, oh, two comeback wins, two thrilling victories. But the problem is, where demons plays well, the whole game gets gas. Allows the touchdown with that. Or allows a score that forces the offense to just wake the heck up and go down the field and score. And that's what scares me is that the offense doesn't get going fast enough. They've got they were better in week two. They got going a little bit better, but we need to see them play a full, complete game with offense for me to put them higher on this list. Because I honestly like their offensive situation better than DC better than Houston, but they just don't get it going fast enough for my taste. So I think St. Louis's problem is if, is the offense getting going? Once it gets going, it's hot and it doesn't stop, but their offense takes a little bit of time to get cooking, and Bruce Greigowski needs to figure things out a little bit faster on offense. Other than that, Devens plays hard, plays well, great coverage by the corners, good pass rush, they can stop the run with, Big Atkins, number ninety. They have the guys to do it. They just need some help on offense to keep give them the rest they need to play a complete defensive game. Number two, I have the defenders at two 0 over the Battle Hawks because the defenders have actually led in their games in the second half. They've actually done it more with more ease. They have more. They've had more leads in game. They've led for longer than St. Louis, which has led for, I think, a total of about 16... Sec- for a total of about, like, two- five minutes in total, and their two wins. So, St. Louis... So, D.C. like actually led for most of the second half against Vegas, and they took over a lead rather early in the fourth quarter from Seattle and had to stop a Seattle drive to win the game to hold on for their win. So, D.C. has held has he- a lead longer. They have a good defense with Craig Triple G Williams, who seems to have stymied two good... stymied the June Jones offense, and... And they have stymied the uh sorry. And they stymied the Vase Vipers' offense, which isn't a great offense to begin with. But they did stymie them, did shut them down in adverse conditions. So we'll see how they do in a the game against a better offense with a better system with better players. With I, I we'll see. I do like DC slightly better than St. Louis. I'm trying to not be a homer. He puts St. Louis at number one because they're undefeated. I'm trying to be honest and give you a real take on what I'm seeing teams. DC at two because I th- because my read is their defense is good. Their offense is slightly more consistent. So I'm going to give them the nut over St. Louis. And I think they have a pro- th- Their biggest concern for me is their QB situation with Tayamu and D.R. King. I think. Ta'amu was the better thrower by far. The problem is he's been so bad throwing the football right now. It, it makes it harder for me to, to start him. I would go DR King at this point until who shows me he can sling it consistently because he's being battered and bruised in the pocket, making late reads, just doing a single read, and the offense is just isn't conducive when he's passing. If they go to an RPO offense for him, then it's game over. That's when Ta'amu was his best with the ballots. That's when he'll be his best with the defenders if is if they switch back to an RPO offense. And let him just do a run pass option. Read the defender if he crashes. Give the ball. If he, does, if he holds, fire the ball. And get, get some easy completions. Do your thing. Run RPOs. Otherwise, go to the King and, let, and run that uh, ground attack that's been so effective in these first two weeks. And number one, like there's any doubt, Houston next 2-0. and They have led in seven of the eight quarters they've played and They are clearly the better team. Yes, they beat the Renegades who are 6 MLS and Orlando's A M L S, But you can only beat the guys in front of you and can only look so dominant against the guys in front of you that I have to say that they've dominated the team they should dominate. They have a D line that is going to be pro- a problem for everybody. And it doesn't matter who you have, they're going to beat you up. So you have to find a way to stop to slow up that pass rush. It's probably going to be a good ground game, it's going to be a great a draw game, screen game, something because that pass rush is elite. It has NFL talent on it and it's just a problem for everybody. Houston's problem is Brandon Silvers. He's too hot, cold. He's your gunslinger. So if he's hot, he's right hot. If he's cold, he's ice cold. So it's there again. Situation is when he's hot, they are not going to be stopped. They, they are operating the Mike Leach the Mike Leach offense which is a combination of air raid it's an air raid type offense, but a lot more running than traditional air raid. And they do have a great supporting cast around him. It's just that if he gets hit, he gets flustered and he starts making bad decisions. So it's a Houston's the best team because they play the most complete football. They But they do have questions about what happens when they face a team that can just get pressure all day long. And Silvers ain't really step up to the plate in those tight games. So those are the team ranking, the team power rankings I have. Orlando, Guns at 8. Vegas, Rappers at 7. Orange rankings at 6. Seattle, CJs at 5. 4. San Antonio Baramas, 3. The Sales Battle, Hawks. There were two DC Defenders and one, the Houston Roughnecks. Now let's switch over to the QB power rankings. This is where I could go maybe O-line, D-line next next week if I felt like it. It's kind of hard to grade that for me. I'm not a, I'm not a I'm not as prolific at reading old lines. Of ideas. I'm pretty good at it, but I'm not great at it. I can I can tell when things aren't working. I just can't tell how to fix it sometimes. I can just know, oh, that guy's just going to be all day long. I don't know if his hand plays, I don't know if his footwork. I can't tell you how to fix it. I can just tell when it ain't working because it's kind of obvious that it's not working. So I'm going to go with quarterback so I can, re- I can get a good read on that and see, oh, this guy's not reading the field right. Oh, his reads are too slow. Oh, he doesn't step up in the pocket. He just runs out of the pocket when seconds are trouble. I can dissect quarterback play a lot easier than O-line, D-line play. So we're going to start, again, bottom to top with QB play. And it's a little bit different than you'll see probably how I have power rankings for teams because there are some QB situations I like a whole lot better than others even though their team might be lower on my power rankings. So number eight is the by far the worst QB situation out there is the Orlando Guardians. It's because their QB I'll give I'll say a name and you'll know why they're at the bottom. Paxton Lynch. That's your starting quarterback. That's where they're at the bottom of the list. Paxson Lynch is by far one of the worst draft picks ever in NFL history. John Elway. I believe he got fired because he was so bad at picking QBs. And this is why. Paxton Lynch is a first-round quarterback. After you did the, the huge mistake of taking Team Tebow first in the first round, you it, it's just stupidity and type of stupidity. Paxton Lynch is a not a great quarterback. And then they have Deidre Francois, who can run the ball, ball, but can't throw the ball to save his life. He throws the ball all over. He's erratic. He has no accuracy. And Paxton Lynch can't read defense it's, it, or throw it accurately. It's just a mess. They have no option to quarterback. They need to hope that P.J. Walker gets cut by an NFL team like now and they can pick him up and make him their quarterback and save their season. That's the only option they have at this point. Or every other quarterback on this list gets injured and out for the season with a, with Tommy John. And that's the only option at this point. Number seven, Vegas Vipers situation with Luis Perez, Brett Hundley. As much as I like the King of Spring Louis Perez, as much as I like him, he just has... He, he, Throwing too many mistakes, and then he didn't play enough in the game against DC for me to have confidence in what they're doing right now. It looks like they're going to Brent Huntley as a starter, and that concerns me because you're going to a guy who's just with the team for eight days, and you're going to start him over Luis Perez, and that is that's a red flag that you think that much more of Brent Huntley than Luis Perez. Yes, he's about a runner. Yes, he's playing in the NFL, but Luis Perez looks like the better thrower. It's it is a tough sell for me right now to pick put Vegas. Any higher than seven because the eight is just I, I see Pex and I say eight. Done. The b- bottom of the list, Pex and Lynch is your quarterback. Done zone right there. But it they it it's a tough situation. Neither situation is good, but we shall see if Bradley emerges as a starter, looks better than Louis Press, and they might move up that list. But right now they're at the bottom tier because they're just not very good. At number six. Drew Plitt, quarterback of the Wellington Renegades, because he is the starting quarterback. He's not in a system where they're going, you, start, you do drive, you do drive, you do two drives, you do two drives. He's the starting quarterback. He just sucks. Okay, Drew Plitt just sucks. Let's just get out there. He just sucks. Anything over 10 yards and the ball is going to be thrown to the defense or nowhere near his receiver. That's it. Drew Plitt is not a starting quarterback. Uh, I would go like I said earlier, I would go Kyle Slower at this point. Unless Slowter plays, at least Slower can throw the football somewhat down the field. Not uh, not great either. If I remember watching the few US USF games I did watch for the breakers, that Slowter wasn't that accurate either, but at least he can read a defense and get the ball quick. Drew Plitt cannot do either of those two things. And so he's at the balance list. The reason i lower is because he's, he is the quarterback right now. He's not in a two-man system, and he's not Paxton Lynch. So th- that's all you need to know about why Drew plays is not at the bottom tier because I at least know he's not Paxton Lynch, and he's not in a two-QB system. Number five, Ben for the TLC Giants, This is a tough one because can move the ball, can score points, can drive down the field in the junior office. The problem is he fumbles the ball way too much. He it, It's just the stupidest thing. He, he can play the game. He can play the ball. He can throw the ball. He can throw accurate. He can throw deep balls. He can do everything. He's just so fumble prone. That's my biggest knock. He can do this. He can be the best quarterback in the XFL. He's just so fumble prone so turnover-prone that you had to knock him down the list. I, 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 there are guys I have up on the list that I look at them and like, I think Benucci's better. He might be in a better system, but he just fumbles the ball. He turns it over too much. So right now, Ben down on his list because of the turnovers and because I just don't trust him to not make mistakes. Number four on this list, the DC defense situation, Jordan Tiamu and Eric King. Yes, they're number two on my list for power Number four on my list for QBs because Tayamu's not been great and De'Eric King can't really throw the football. So if Tiamu doesn't get thrown the football and De'Eric King can't throw the football and he plays a better runner... You're now stuck with a running team that is just going to get stuck against better teams when they face like the Brahmas or the Roughnecks or the Battle Hawks. Those teams will stop you and force you to beat them with what you're not good at. The Battle Hawks did that to to the Brahmas. Just bully, just fought, fought, fought the Brahmas. Eventually got the ground game going because the demons got tired, but they but the. Uh, Bellehogs stopped the Browns' run game, forced them to throw the football, and they were able to neutralize offense for most of the game. So, if you do one thing, and that's all you can do, good defenses will stop you and make you do something you don't want to do. So, that's why I don't like the DC situation because they need to either Thomas got to get better throwing the football, has to be more accurate with the football, so they can actually run the offense and do a normal offense, or Dear King got to get better throwing the football, so the RPO game. And the read-option game isn't the only thing they have cooking, so teams can't sack the box against them. Number three on this list is a shocker to me, because after week one, I wasn't so sure I was going to put him anywhere near this spot on this list. But after watching that Brahma's Guardians game, I got to go Jack Cohn at number three. Jack Cohn, former Wisconsin Notre Dame quarterback, Jack Cohn, um showed me that he can sling it and sling it accurately. Put, put the ball in tight windows. Put the ball in the right spot. Hit his guys. He threw three tuds, no picks. Looked like a stud against the Guardians. He actually looked better than Brandon Silverson against the Guardians. Believe that if you if you, uh, take that for what it's worth. He looked fantastic out there. Had no ground game and didn't phase him one bit. Still was able to throw the football. Didn't need the play actually need to do it. So I gotta give kudos to Jack Cone. He proved me wrong. I thought he was going to be a bottom he was going to be in that true play category. I just, you just don't think he can do it. Jack Cone can do it. Jack Cone is number three on this list. I just like some guys better than him because I think Jack, he looked against Orlando. Again you looked good against Orlando I need to see against someone else but from the other guys on this list, he's consistent. I saw against the, in the balance game, he was consistent on the football. He missed some guys, yes, but it's week one. So I saw week two great improvement. So maybe he sacks you know, more against on top of that. He may go up on down list, but I think three is perfect for him right now. He might go up. He might go down. But I'm guessing he's going to be a top three. I would wager Jack Cohn's a top three quarterback when all is done in the XFL. He looks very good, and I would take him. Over most of the guys in their current situations, because at least I, because I know I'm getting it out of Jack Cone. I don't know I'm getting out of some of these other QB situations. Or I know I'm getting. I just don't like it. That, that that's the other. I also know what I'm getting out of Paxton Lynch. I don't like it. Like <laughs> Lynch. So there. It's a, he's in the situation where I know I'm getting and I like what I'm getting. Number two on this list is the Brandon Silver's Cole McDonald's Houston Roughnecks QB situation. Anything, Chris? You just said that that team is two zero. They're the best team in football. They've left for seven quarters. How is that the number two QB situation? Well, it's because I just watched the Roughnecks Renegades game and I saw Brandon Silvers get lit up and he turned into a scared chicken. He just started throwing the ball, ducking. Just he looked shell shot. It was it was the I'm seeing ghosts from Zach uh, from uh, well from Sam Darnold. It looked like he was seeing ghosts. He didn't know what hit him. And then Cole McDonald stepped in ran the, ran his few read option plays, got the offense going, and all of a sudden Silver's steps back in and he's back to doing business. So he just needed a little timeout and he's back to doing it. Silver's can throw it. He's a gunslinger. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's accurate. When he can set his feet, he's rip. He'll. When he's got his confidence going. Silver's is stop on, Is one of the best quarterbacks in the in the XFL. He's didn't look great in the XFL 2.0 with in Seattle. That's probably a. Uh, and down like Jim Zorn and his offense, than it is about Brand Silvers we've seen Silver sling the ball very well in using Roughnecks, uh, air rate, uh, Mike Leach offense. Sorry, nine air rate is a Mike Leach offense, and it it looks like Silver's is the guy with McDonald as the change of pace guy when you need to get short yard situations. It's a good situation because it's Silver's is the guy. And then McDonald's just your gadget quarterback who you need a couple yards, couple plays out to keep the, to keep teams guessing and to get some more uh, running, get a better running game going. So it works, it's effective. So it's a two man in air quotes situation where it's really just a one guy and a gadget guy, gadget guy, which I'm okay with. And number one, I'm right with my biohacks on this one. Give me AJ McCarron as the top dog in the XFL. I know the stats don't say that. I'm telling you, my eyes tell me that. I'm telling you, AJ McCarron is the guy. He can read a demons. He diagnoses the play correctly. He throws the ball to the right guy every time. He know, he steps up in the pocket. He can. He, when he's got time to the football, he's on point and accurate. There are a lot of drops by that team in, in Seattle. They could have blown out Seattle if there weren't drops. They could have easily blown out Seattle if there weren't drops, which is why I have seen those down on the list because I'm because it's not all on Asian McCarron. The O-line struggles, but Asian McCarron will take the sack when he needs to and will step up and fire the ball when he needs to. He's not afraid to take hits. He's not afraid to just sit, fall on the sword. Oh, play's dead, fall down, sit down, drive over the Play's dead. Let's just try again. We'll get this working. And when he needs to, he becomes into the dog and drives him down the field to win football games. Because McCarry can hit every throw. And he will find guys when he needs to. And he can throw laser beams into tight windows. And I'll take the guy who I've seen do it. And for, come from behind, win two games, and and be on point, and not be the reason why he's losing games. Not turn them all over. He'll not go into a bad sack. He when he gets sacked it's because there's no time or no one's open. He's not taking a sack because he just held the ball for no reason. He will find the guy that's open before the ball snapped or after the ball snapped even. If there's no one open or the O-line or if he just finishes drop, hits the back foot, he's just decked because the o lines is bad, that's not on him. I will ride with a guy who, I'm, who I know is not the problem on the offense, who I know is going to win me football games, who I know can make all the throws. So AJ McCarron, number one on my list for the QB power rankings. So that those are the rankings. Number eight, the Paxton Lynch, DeAndre Francois, Orlando Gardens, just garbage offense, garbage team, garbage QBs, just garbage. For Orlando, the number seven, Luis Perez, Brad Hunley, who have potential and they've not looked great, but they're not Paxilich, DeAndre Francois, Orlando Guardians, so they go up on the list by default. Drew Plitt is six because he's not in a Q2 QB system and because it's not Paxilich, DeAndre Francois, and Orlando Guardians, garbage. The Ben Dinucci is the five, he has the potential to be much better, he's just too FOMO prone. Before the Tiamiwa King situation, they need to figure something out. And so, because this has the potential to be a Silver's Cole McDonald situation, where they're just where Tiamiwa slings the ball all around the field, he gets out of sorts. You put the King in there for about five plays to get Tamu back right, and now they're rolling again. So, the, so the defender situation could be better. It's just that we haven't seen it be better. Jack Cohn at three for the, for the promise. Jack Cohn has proved it showed me up. I didn't know if he was a guy. I now know he is a guy. I trust him. He can play the game. He may not win you the game, but he ain't gonna lose you the game. So I I'll live with that. Number two, the Silver's McDonald combination. Silver's look great against the Guardians. Look look sketchy at times against the Renegades and a good defense. But they figured it out. Got McDonald going. To and that got Silver's going. And number one, AJ McCarron, because McCarron is not the reason why the offense struggles. He's the reason why the offense wins games, though. So I'll take the guy who's not the reason you struggle and will win you the game. That's why he's number one on this list. That leads us into setting you guys up for your week three action for the XFL. So what how so what do we have coming up? Who's playing who? Where are they on the on the power So you know what you're getting. So you can maybe figure out who you're gonna bet if they if you are a better or the XFL so week three starts off on Saturday March 4th at 6 p.m. Central, Central Standard time the greatest time zone in all the land with the CLC Dragons who are 0-2 number five on my power rankings list going against the number seven power ranking team Vegas Vipers are 0-2 as well so two totally defeated teams are doing it so someone should get a win there are no ties in the XFL which is glorious and in this game, if it the betting line was, I would put it at Vegas minus two, which means I think Seattle's better, but because Vegas is at home, they might win the game. Seattle will probably win, but I, so if it was a line of two, you might want to bet Vegas. But I I would pick if you're going to just pick who's going to win, I pick Seattle to win. So in that case, I would probably say Seattle's going to cover. Seattle will win, but I would see a line of probably two for the Vipers because Seattle looks like the better team. It might even be Seattle plus. Two, in if, if the Vegas odds open with Vegas plus two because Seattle just looks like a better football team right now. So that takes us the only Saturday game is that Seattle Seahawks game against the Vegas Vipers six p.m. Central Standard Time on FX. Now we get into the game of the week the the St. Louis Battle Hawks, where call is the law, going up against the DC Defenders. My number three team, St. Louis, number two team, D.C., 2-0, 2-0, top of the XFL North Division, duking out Sunday March at noon Central, Saturday time on FX. This is the game of the week. This is for the XFL North Division. These are the number three, number two teams. These two teams can play. These two teams can play defense. These two teams can score. This is, this is going to be a great game. It will be in D.C., like I said. It is the Bout's third Rogan. so this is, this is the third Rogan. Rugen to start of the season. They're 2 0 on the road. They win this game. Oh, buddy. It's going to be a show in St. Louis for the home opener. That's what I'm hoping for, but we shall see. I would expect on the opening with DC at minus, uh, minus three. So DC favored by three. Essentially a coin flip game. It's just that DC's is the home, home team, so they get the favorite. But I would take St. Louis. Not for uh, the only reason is because I am a Battle fan, I'm a diehard, and I believe in this team. I've seen improvement, they've had uh, they will have had nine days to prepare for the defenders. They've got to watch their game against Vegas and get a read for that team. They now have all the time in the world to, re- to prepare. So, give me the Battle over the defenders in that game. It's gonna be a tight one, it's gonna uh, fit, it's gonna be a a knockdown dragout out fight. Hopefully there's no lemons on the field from the DC fans to get in the battle's way. But if there's any team that can handle that adversity, it's the battle Hawks team all the way. After what will be a thriller in DC at noon, we have the three o'clock game central center time on Sunday between the totally defeated Orlando guardians who are number eight in the power rankings versus the Arlington Renegades who I have at six on the power rankings. Yes the power rankings for the renegades it's going to be a uh a game on fx at three o'clock and the renegades should win this game because they're playing orlando not because drew Puss is a good quarterback not because arlington's got a better offense uh, they have a good offense system with jay with jonathan hayes calling the game he does a great job calling the game it's just that like drew plus not a great quarterback and the only doesn't look too good as well but they're also playing orlando so they're going to win because they're playing Orlando. That's all there. i got to say about that. It will be Arlington over Orlando. I think it's going to be Arlington by, by 4 or 5 probably in the books. So I would say Arlington by minus 4.5 is probably where it's going to sit. And Arlington should win that game. I just I don't tell you who you would take to cover the spread. I tell you who's going to win the football game. I don't tell you who I expect the spread to be. And I'll tell you who's going to win the game. That's just how I roll. And finally, in another thrilling game... The number four, San Antonio Baramos at 101 versus number one, Houston Roughnecks at home for Houston at 7 p.m. Saturday time on Sunday March 4th. Houston starts off with three straight home games. St. Louis starts off with three straight road games. You tell me how this works out. I don't know, but that's how it starts off. And this game will be on ESPN2, and it should be a good thriller. I would put this game at Houston by minus four because they're. They're better than the Brahmas, but the Browns have a good team, so I would pick Houston in this game. Not because I have, not because I doubt the Browns can win this game, because I think Houston just a plays a cleaner game. And if the Browns can't run the ball, Jack Cone will be in trouble against a Houston pass rush. So as much as I trust Jack Cone to not be the reason you lose the game, I don't think he can can. Supersede a battle line game and win the game for you. So this will be a tight game. The Brahmas need to run the ball well to win this game. They didn't run the ball the ball well against Orlando. Didn't matter. matter You're playing Orlando. Gosh darn it! You don't need to do anything well to beat Orlando. But the Brahmas will have a tough one against Houston. So I would take Houston in that matchup in a tight game. I would think, but who knows? Houston might blow them out like they've blown out everyone else. Well, they didn't really blow up. My bad. They didn't blow up Arlington. They only won by nine. That's a one-score one game in the XFL, but they do look like the better team through seven quarters of the eight-day fight so far. So there you have it for for you folks. And I'll give you the uh, games and who I pick who's going to win again, so you all know. CLC James Vegas Vipers. I had the Dragons over the Vipers. Battle Hawks, Defenders. Battle over the Defenders. A great football game, I hope. Guardians, Renegades, Renegades over Guardians because who's ever playing the Guardians I'm going to pick the win at this point because the Guardians just look that bad. Browns, Roughnecks, give me the Roughnecks because they look like the best team in the league. And I've seen seven good quarters out of eight where I've seen the Browns play pretty much eight good quarters, but they had bad three minutes against the, the Battlehawks. And the Battlehawks aren't the Roughnecks. And I'm going to take the Roughnecks over the Browns in that game. Should be a good game. But that's all I have for you guys for the XFL. Let me know what you think. Should I keep doing this? Should I keep giving you XFL updates? And perhaps I should be doing this at 9 o'clock at night when I'm still jazzed up from watching six hours of football today. And especially next week, I probably won't do an episode until Monday because nine hours of football, I will be all footballed out. And I probably won't have the answer to do it. But thank you guys for listening. And uh, remember to stay safe and healthy. And remember, as always, that caca is the law. Sports MR and more with caressing Tom is brought to you by No One. All non original thoughts and ideas were properly noted during each segment.